Welcome to Nine Cents. Nine Cents is a satanic perspective of our modern world, and I'm your host, Adam Campbell. It is great to have you, and you are really fucking lucky today because you're going to be joined by Down to the Crossroads Queen, Erin. Hey, Erin. <laughs> What's up? All right, so this is probably going to be a running theme throughout the entire show, but I got my ass kicked off of Down to the Crossroads this week, and it's being featured by a gentleman who is going to be featured on this show again in his own show format as he has been on before uh you'll know him as darren deicide the uh fantastic swing dancer and musician so darren is actually come to nine cents and he's coming as similar to what aaron is doing with minus Mm. the music in another format and i've released two teaser videos about it already and if you haven't seen them check out the Facebook page or the YouTube page for Nine Cents Podcast and you can see them. And there'll be one more released before the debut episode this coming week. So, mm. a week from now. It's going to be fantastic. I hope you I'm all so tune in and check it out. It won't be a back and forth, though. I mean, as soon as, you know, I I, I was I, had, I reached out to him. I was like, hey, man, you want to you wanna come on the show? And, and maybe we can do a little back and forth something about this uh, this topic. And he was like, I think I got it. <laughs> he said I'm, fuck your back and forth homie said, i got this <laughs> said, i'm good i'm good <laughs> i was like all right fuckhead fine you don't want me i don't want you <laughs> no after i cried for a week um, <laughs> i understood it would be a great great uh addition to the show so i'm gonna bring it to you and uh yeah i'm hoping to uh sort of evolve nine cents in this manner so it, aaron you actually really pioneered this whole prospect and because of the amazing success of your show, your segment, and the reception that you got, and really how it's helped evolve this podcast, I thought, well, hey, lightning could strike twice, so let's <laughs> give it a shot. And I'm going to see if it keeps striking. And as long as you, the audience, um, respond well to it, I will keep doing it. And if it ends up where I'm not even a part of this bunker, well, then fine. I know what you're doing, and I don't like it. I don't care for it. Can't abandon your baby like this, Adam. <laughs> I know what you're doing. I don't like it. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> All right. Well, it is fun. May 17th, and we have an amazing show for you this week. And it's actually fueled by, and this is my favorite, you, the audience. So I got an amazing letter. And I get these from time to time where, where people, just out of the blue, thank me, obviously, and I'm very grateful that I have any listeners, but thank me for doing the show and they sort of just write me asking my opinion about things. Well, I've, I've thought for a long time about doing a, an editorial about this and publishing it in some other uh, magazines that are satanically bent. Is that even a reference? Yeah. But it never took off. Lack of interest. Not everyone wants to hear my voice, even if it's just written. And I can appreciate that, but I still get the letters. 
So I'm going to just turn it on its head and rather than doing a um, written art editorial, I'll just do a nine cents letters. And this week, the devil's advocate is being replaced by that segment. So nine cents letters will be delivered uh, this week as the very first, but not the last. And it'll just sort of, you know, every once in a while, I'll throw it in when I have a particular good letter to speak to. Um, what do you think about that? Do you think people would want to hear my opinion? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah they're like we already gave you your opinion what the fuck you were talking to me right i, I was i was were you talking to the audience no. that fictional audience we have today i convinced <laughs> myself that there is this massive audience that listens to my show um despite evidence to the contrary and they holler back their mm -hmm. answers like yes adam keep yeah. doing what you do we love you keep going <laughs> <laughs> it's like a marathon runner. We all want to suck your dick, Adam. Whoa. Well, that's awesome. That's the yeah. greatest that that's the greatest feedback I could ever possibly get. Think about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, but okay, so that's going to be in replacing uh, the Devil's Advocate section, but Infernal Informant. I have two articles: Female hostage died from police bullet in New York standoff, and Vegas teen dies rather than give iPad to thieves in SUV. Smart choice, dum dum. <laughs> and at the end, again, like I mentioned already, Aaron's on the show because Down to the Crossroads is featured this month, and this is month eleven out of the year. Eleven. <gasps> what months. are you saying? I'm saying that next month is going to be amazing, and we're going to have to do something to celebrate a month of, of Down to the Crossroads. The audience Thanks. is going to have to write in praise to Aaron, send oh, her emails and uh, like communication. That. Let her know how much you truly appreciate that segment. I like I like praise, but I like dick pics more. So if you really love the show, you'll send me a picture of your all penis. you uh, politicians and sportsmen, <laughs> wieners, <laughs> all you wieners out there. <laughs> Just kidding! I don't want to see any dicks. Dicks are gross. They are gross. <laughs> Unless they have like a tutu on, knobby and veiny yeah. and gross and crooked. Right. Anyway. <laughs> So anyway, what were we so, saying? Well, before before we jump into the show, I do have a couple things that I, I you know, thought about during the week that I wanted to talk about. So Coop came in town, which was fantastic. Awesome. He came in uh, with a couple other people for this uh, sort of comic artist circus thing event that they were doing. And though Coop is not the center of this uh, brief uh, reprieve from the show, um it was being there that sort of struck this chord in my mind. So I was standing in line and there was uh, some other Utah Satanists there. Uh, and one of them in front of me had, and I brought my son because I wanted my son to shake Coop's hand. You know, I, I, I like Coop not because he's a Satanist, not because he's a magister in the church of Satan. I appreciate that. Um, and I respect that, but I like him because he is a groundbreaking illustrator and a pretty phenomenal photographer. And he, any artist, in my opinion, who like actually lives off of their work is worthy of my absolute admiration and respect. And, and for that, I wanted my son to shake his hand and, and see what, you know, real artists are like um, up close because I just sort of fake it on the off time. Um, <laughs> so we were standing in line and there's a sigil of Baphomet right in front of me and uh, on the back of the shirt. And actually, it's, it's the shirt that Art on You Studios is releasing. What would Dr. LeVay do? So you can go to artonyou.com to check those out if you'd like. But it was uh, it was sitting there, and my son next to me was like, Hey, Dad, that's the symbol that's in your in on you in, in, in your room. 
I was like, yeah, that's right. It's called the sigil of Baphomet. And he's like, um, wow, I can't believe that someone else has that. And I was like, well, you know, you may be surprised the amount of people that have it, but it's only people of worth. And, you know, like it was just this moment where he's like, oh, OK, you know, people of worth are associated with this symbol. And um, this other gentleman turns around. He's like, that's a good fucking answer. And, you know, I guess, <laughs> you know, just listening to what I was saying. And it's like just struck me in my mind. Like, it really is a good fucking answer. Mm-hmm. Like, holy <laughs> shit. When I was growing up, I was watching fear tactic commercials about grandmas and fathers playing videos with that symbol on it to little children and it meant that they were indoctrinating them into this cult and they're going to be murdering children and animals i mean that's how i was raised with that symbol like it was the ultimate the worst of the worst the most vile thing that you could possibly have and like that's you know that's sort of a hurdle I had to get over when I first saw it, and actually probably why I was first attracted to it to be honest. Mm-hmm. That sort of a, a bad guy association with it, and then one generation later, it's an absolutely positive symbol. It's a symbol of someone who who uh, works to take care of his family. It's it's a symbol of someone who shows respect to those around them, doesn't give their shitty opinion unless asked. And just holds their lives up on a pedestal, embracing life itself. It, it's this, this transformation of what was at one time feared the center of lies, deceit, and hate. And now it's a completely open and positive thing. And it sort of blew my mind that in one generation it could make that switch. You it's sort anything? of like the opposite of the swastika. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's exactly. <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about it. This is a bad being referred to. <laughs> oh, come on. You know how you feel. <laughs> but I know We're exactly. all friends here, Adam. Yeah, I know exactly what you're <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I, I, do, you ever, do you think it's possible for the swastika to come back from that? No, no, definitely <laughs> not. But especially as long as Germany's outlawing the use mm. of it, or no, this was like, oh, who gives a shit? It's four, you know, six, eight, whatever lines. You know, it doesn't mean anything to, you know, mean something to some people, but it's just a symbol. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and I mean, not for a lack of trying, that people are trying to bring it back. So, oh, it's actually got good origins. Oh, yeah. Just Shut fucking up. leave it alone. <laughs> yeah. It's a few lines on a piece of paper. Like, find something else to, you know, adhere your fucking meaning to. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, and there's a lot of them, too. So <laughs> it's yeah. not like there's one symbol. Um, right. Yeah, but yeah. So I, I wanted to talk about that. It was just this moment of clarity for me that I just thought, wow, that's fucking fantastic. That's amazing. I think that's really great. And I think... If I can, you know, without sounding sycophantic, I think that part of what you're doing here on Nine Sense is, I think it's part of that. You know, you're bringing this idea to people that, you know, what it's really all about. Yeah. <laughs> I think no, that's no. to be commended. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, I, I absolutely, uh, the, you know, stroking my ego, but I do think that, you know, <sighs> a positive voice rather than a pretentious voice <laughs> for Satanism is essential i mean it's so important and i think that's the i I genuinely think and and not necessarily because it's me but just because of the you know it's a positive voice in satanism versus a pretentious one that that's the that's the success of the show that's why i continue to this show and that's why i get people writing me and stuff Um, i would if i may 
I would agree. <laughs> I think what you what you're doing for Satanism is what Richard Dawkins wishes he could do for atheism. <laughs> you know oh, what I mean? Gee. Like, but he's that just so <laughs> strident and so offensive in his anti-theism. Yeah. But what you know, what you do is much less. You know, it's a softer, more gentle sort of the indoctrination. I'm not sure I like that. <laughs> indoctrination. <laughs> yeah, I, I kid. I kid. Put your children in front of the radio. <laughs> <laughs> but you know you have the nuance and the subtlety that richard dawkins lacks and i think that's why you know you're making such difference when others are failing at what they're trying to do nice well that's uh, <laughs> i don't know how to respond to that that's awesome um there is one other thing that i want to talk about so i whenever i'm in the car driving to work um i listen to other podcasts i listen to npr i listen to the radio and i just sort of think i decompress i had a long commute so i often find myself uh, sort of jumping on a topic and ranting about it and kind of losing yeah. my mind. Last year on my birthday episode, I did something called Adam's Road Rage, which is just me playing <laughs> some of these recordings that I make while I'm driving and just screaming into the microphone. So um, great. Of my phone. <laughs> but I, I mean, this is a topic that I sort of did the same way um, that it just sort of came to me. But I, I used to work for a fitness corporation. I don't really want to drop any names, but they, um, they make treadmills and stuff like that. So Nordic um, track. <laughs> I'm just throwing things out there. That's absolutely correct. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, I mean, Nordic track wasn't the company. It was the parent company of them. So they, um, of the manufacturing side of it. So they uh, had us go on this exercise to uh, visit a bunch of different retail outlets and, look at the packaging for comparison to try to inspire us to come up with some better packaging for their products, which makes sense. And it, and it worked. But while we were there, we saw some people and we stopped in at Home Depot of all places. So we stopped in Home Depot and we saw some people at the computer terminals um, applying for jobs. And I was like, man, I would never fucking work at <laughs> Home Depot. That is like the worst place to, I mean, you know, any, any big box retailer, I think would just be the worst to ever possibly work at. And my boss turned to me and he was like, Adam, but for the grace of God, but for the <laughs> grace of God. I was like, what? wait a minute, what do you mean? He's like, well, but for the grace of God, you would be applying here because you wouldn't have a job. I'm like, now, wait a second. What, for the grace of God? Like, what about my own talent? What about my skill? What about my resume, which I assume was the basis of you hiring me unless God told you to hire me? And I mean, is that the case? Because... I think we have a, a, a bit of a problem if that is the sole reason you hired me because you God told me you. You owe me an explanation, sir. <laughs> right. And I mean, I understand what he meant by it, mm -hmm. but the literal reference drove me fucking crazy. And I started going off on this crazy tangents. Like, do people actually believe what they say? Because if they do possibly believe the words that are coming out of their mouth, then he means... He hired me because God told him to, not because I am a talented individual or because I have a, a spark of something that he could help develop as an art director or because I, I'm just like a random person he pulled out of the hat. And then what does that say about the rest of my career? I mean, when I left his company and joined an ad agency, does that mean that that was God's will as well? I mean, this whole idea of grace of God flies in the face of individual uh merit and individual hard work of uh, talent i mean what 
What about talent? Being able to actually accomplish in a creative way the goals that you're setting out for your employees to accomplish. I mean, the, the whole thing. And do people live their lives like this? They just, Oh, by the grace of God, I would be doing that. Why don't you take a little credit? Why don't you... Why don't you just stand up for me and say, you know what? Fuck God. I'm the one who worked my ass off putting my resume together. I'm the one who sent it out to everyone. I'm the one that worked the networks in order to get in contact with you in the first place. I did those shitty dinners and I shook hands with your <laughs> shitty wife and laughed at her shitty jokes. <laughs> what about that time I put in? Was that God's will too? And maybe you might not understand this, but I'm a Satanist. I don't believe in a God. So your idea of grace of God flies into the face of reality. So... <laughs> strip it away from the context of work and, and from the context of anything, you're now taking your ridiculous notions of reality and forcing it on me. And what am I supposed to say to that? Oh, you fuck got a God. good point there. Like, what the fuck does that even mean? Like, you don't have a good... You, you, it's a horrible point. You're taking... So everything that you've ever accomplished in your life has nothing to do with your actual ability to do it. And your continuing of getting a paycheck is not because you're doing it job or because your uh, place of employment actually appreciates what you're doing but it's because god wants you to do that and god wants you to get paid and god wants you to i don't know go buy those condom and, and strawberry lube and fuck your wife is that what he wants you to do because i i've heard a lot of things from the bible but i actually missed that hymn buying the strawberry lube and fucking your wife i mean what the fuck adam's excited what do you uh <laughs> what do you think of grace of god what do you think of that note? i say Fuck God in the face, as Bukowski would say. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's just a turn of phrase there, but for the grace of God go, I, I'm sure I've used it before. It's sort of just like, you know, it's just, Adam, you need to relax. It's just, a, it's just, you know, just a yeah. phrase that people use. I understand it. You know, when people say it's raining cats and dogs and... You don't mean, you know, you can't take everything literally, but... <laughs> but it is i mean rather than no, it's something like point. you know yeah. it's raining cats and dogs where well obviously it's not raining cats and dogs but you know <laughs> something like but for the grace of god you know to say it like that in that context i think it is you know i think oh, they are meaning yeah. literal they're they're not just oh, being yeah. hyperbolic they're not just saying it as as a turn of phrase they're i mean it says it speaks volumes about the individual saying it and yet mm -hmm. means nothing when it comes out of their mouth yeah, I can I can see that. I have a um a housekeeper at my job who every time I ask how she is, she says blessed by the best. So I have since stopped asking her how she's doing because that You're like is, I have not blessed you. <laughs> like every time is her it's her answer, blessed by the best. Oh okay. Well, she really like that? Yeah, oh of course. Yeah. I imagine like, like a an an arm swoosh while she's doing it. <laughs> Let's Let's this. You know how it is. <laughs> but yeah, it's, you know, of course, I don't know what to say to that. I really don't. I'm like, oh yeah, I forget. I mean, That's what you say when I ask you it. <laughs> here's, here's what I don't get. Is it, it, it's okay to, it's okay to say reference. And I've actually talked to this about maybe like a year and a half ago, but it's okay to make references like this when it's a Christian reference. Uh-huh. But the second you bring a devil or Satan or anything like that into the mix, oh, it's a bad thing. Like, what? Why is it okay for you to say this shit, but not me? Like, and and it's not like there's been since they have America's God on history. Their side. Well, I mean, just take God out of the equation, and let's just say it's a, it's a cultural thing. Okay. It's not an American cultural thing, mm -mm. you know. Mm -hmm. But it's okay for that for for Christians and uh, 
Islamic Judeo Christians to say it, but if if we on the yeah, left right. hand path right. say anything like that, it's it's like an insult. Yeah, like if I said, "Okay, so hail Satan." Yeah, like you can't <laughs> say that. <laughs> you can't say that. Why the fuck can't you say that? And then there comes um. A sort of basic level of human respect associated with it where, okay, well, I'm not going to say this because I understand that not everyone I'm very mm-hmm. glad for it, is a Satanist. So they might right. not understand it. They may take it away the, the wrong way. Why the fuck can't they do that? Why can't well, they just they're... accept that not everyone is a Christian? Oh, because they're Christians, Adam. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're solipsistic and they think that the whole world deserves christianity that's what you know the evangelicals are all about and the missionaries are all about is that they think that the world needs christianity and as satanists we know better that you know the world doesn't need satanism we need it but the world don't first of all don't deserve it yeah that's yeah i was gonna actually say second of all don't need it that's (laughs) the last thing they fucking need is our you know our. that's actually a good point (laughs) I mean, when when I first heard that, I was sort of like, well, what do you fucking mean? They don't, they, they don't need it. I mean, I think everyone needs it. But no, I, I mean, there's oh. individual capacity. Who can't handle it? They can't. Yeah, and, and there is a huge part of that where the majority of the populace on this planet wouldn't be able to handle these basic ideas of responsibility. Something that seems so obvious to us, they just cannot handle it. Evidence and it's not, yeah, it's not just because they've been indoctrinated by Christianity. It's because they're stupid stupid people adam (laughs) then they cannot handle that sort of critical thinking that is you know the basic tenet of satanism is a sort of critical skeptical mind (laughs) excuse me and a lot of people just don't have that sort of capacity and that's fucking great (laughs) you know that's what separates the wheat from the chaff (laughs) what was that that? doorbell Oh, I wish every time I said something brilliant that no one happened. <laughs> dun dun. Hello. <laughs> so everyone knows, like, to pay attention to what yeah. I just said. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's go ahead and transition here to nine cents letters. I need some you help. To get some advice what on this. You make it. Somebody to help me. Perspective. Oh, what's to turn? Can you help me? What's your perspective? I just I need really some like advice. to get some advice on this. Uh, maybe just a take on the perspective. All right, welcome to Nine Cents Letters. Uh, I'm being joined by Aaron, of course. Hey. <laughs> you know, it is great that you are featured on the first spinoff with me because yeah. you were the first solo spinoff in the future because you were the first actual spinoff of, uh, you know, changing a, up the format. And that's good stuff. I'm a trendsetter. Indeedly do. <laughs> All right, so this Nine Cents Letters, we actually got a, a letter. Did you Did you read this letter? Oh boy, did I! Okay, so I'm yeah. not—we're not going to give any names. I don't want to embarrass anyone if, or you know make them feel super awesome that I brought it up if, in case you, know, <laughs> you read the letter that I'm reading. But it—it's it, something that I want to address on the show because I—I I do think I have something to say to this situation, and I'm hoping, I... Aaron, I'm pretty damn positive you have something to say. <laughs> too. I cannot wait to hear what you have to say about this. <laughs> okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read a little bit of it. I'm going to paraphrase some of it, and then we're just going to speak about it in general terms, I suppose, mm. and um, just sort of give advice if we can give advice. And Oh, I got some advice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I hope we're not going to just parrot the same thing because we haven't, no, you know, I the audience, it. we haven't actually talked about this before. Mm. Okay, so... Um, Let's go ahead and just dive right in. Uh, It's written 
it is very nice to have a sanitation department amongst so many sterilization departments. The Church of Satan encourages all to study and find answers independently. Unfortunately, I may have an unanswerable problem. It seems that I'm genetically prone to being bullied. My whole life has been comparable to the abused baby monkey who never quite fits in. I treat people with dignity and respect. I apply the philosophy of Dale Carnegie, Gene Simmons, Lincoln, Benjamin Franklin, etc. I find the kick me sign is still on my back. I've been a single father for several years. I have my own painting business due to the fact that I'm unable to work with other painters because of their bullying me. I went through school in the top of my class and was either a teacher's pet or openly disliked by the teachers. No in-between. In my painting career, I've worked for different companies and always ended up foreman. The bullying through my life led me to struggles with homicidal thoughts, um, or at least a strong urge to beat the shit out of some fellow workers. So I started my own company. He goes on to speak to um, the fact that he is a quality uh, painter. He takes time, but the uh, consumers who hire him always expect him to do more meaning that cuts down on the price of or that cuts down on the profits um and so he's always forced to uh lose on money and he's actually in a very um low uh, wealth bracket because of this so there are some other little caveats here and there but i think we've spoken to what's important about this already um, and before I go on anything, Aaron, what do you, what do you think about this? Oh boy. Okay. I have so many questions for this guy. I wish we could get him on the phone, but it, uh, from what you read and there's more to it than what you read, but mm -hmm. I think it's pretty clear that this fellow that wrote to us, it has a very, um, black and white sort of interpretation of the world. Like either everything, it's sort of like that histrionic, like, mountain out of a molehill kind of mm. thing like everything is either absolutely good or absolutely bad like there seems to be no gray area no in between for this guy yeah and i mean he did mention briefly you know he's 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 a single father and i know from follow-up that um his wife died and so mm. he's forced to raise children alone which mm -hmm. i mean if you're a single mother or a single father it's got to be the most it's so hard thing. yeah Unless mm -hmm. you're absolutely just an absentee parent, and I'm gonna I'm gonna jump to the assumption that he's not. Um, no, yeah. But I don't know him, so he may be. I, I'm hoping he's not for the kid's sake. But um, and the fact that you know, obviously, he's uh, writing into a satanic show. I'm making the jump, saying that he's a satanist, and that mm -hmm. would be completely against everything about satanism to ignore your children. Mm -hmm. If you're gonna have kids, it's your responsibility to properly raise them. It sounds like he's invested in the kids' yeah, lives yeah, from the letters. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, there, there's a couple things that I wanted to touch on, and I think they're going to be helpful to this gentleman. Mm -hmm. um, first and foremost, the idea that he is genetically prone to bullying, I think is absurd. I, I do too. I completely agree. I, I do believe that people are genetically, um, they are born with innate capacity. So like we were just mentioning, I think some people just would not be able to handle being a Satanist, the ideas mm -hmm. that are associated with Satanism. Um, I mean, strip away the, the entire aesthetic of Satanism and just the core principles I don't think people can handle. I think, I think you know, the top for some people is janitor work. I, I think there's just mm -hmm. a genetic ability in every individual, an imprint, and some people are meant to do ant work and some are meant to do um, uh, 
I don't know, leader ant work? <laughs> queen ant queen, work? Queen bee ant work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the point stands. Think, yes. <laughs> so, you know, it, it may be a case of just looking at yourself honestly. I, well, that's, if I may interject, yeah. I think that is what this, I think the the crux of this <laughs> advice segment should be is that you need to Think about the way that you, you know, present yourself to other people. Mm -hmm. You know, um, he sort of intimated that he had uh, this permanent kick me sign on yeah. the back of on his back, you know, that people are sort of like see him as a target. We have to consider the way that you present yourself to people. You know, what do you look like? Is your hair, you know, are you tattooed? Do you have facial hair? Are you unkempt? Like, what do you look like? How are you presenting yourself to people? Um so that's a good point. And I kind of want to carry on on that uh, for a moment if I can, because sure. he, he did reference that he's a one o'clock mm -hmm. male on um, LeVay's personality mm -hmm. synthesizer clock and that he is very much masculine. Mm -hmm. I think what people misconstrue a lot about and, and actually, if anyone's listening to this, if you haven't already, and even if you have reread it. Pick up the Satanic Witch and go yes. to the chapter Knowing Yourself and Others. It starts on page 21 and read it all the way through. Do yourself the favor. Yeah, you don't have to be a woman. I think everyone should read it yeah. because if you objectively look at yourself, then I think there will be an immense amount of uh, positive information in that chapter. Yeah. Um, even though the chapter, it, it sort of starts as knowing yourself, but it's, it's meant so that you can understand others. Yourself take it others, all yeah. to self. I mean, take it all within yourself and, and really evaluate yourself honestly. This is probably the hardest thing to do as a human mm -hmm. being. Mm -hmm. And it takes practice and it hurts your feelings. Mm -hmm. But it is incredibly important to do mm -hmm. if you want to be successful at anything in life. Yeah, so yeah. Um, it may end up meaning that you don't get to do what you thought you wanted to do or that you will not be successful doing what you thought you wanted to do or that it's not everyone else around you. Mm. It's mm. you. Okay. So and here, here. <laughs> maybe I'm wrapping this up a little early or at least earlier than I wanted to do, but I, I did want to say this. I heard an amazing line during a movie and for the life of me at the moment, I can't remember which movie it was, but they said, if you meet an asshole every day, then <laughs> you know what? That, that's life and that's everyone. If every day you meet nothing but assholes, you're the asshole. Here, here. And I would like to add to that. <laughs> I don't know what movie that was. I wish I did. But the fact is, yeah, that this is kind of what I gleaned from this guy's letter. And I don't want to, you know, cast dispersions on anyone's character, especially yeah. someone I've never met. But it sure sounds like you wear this... Um, proverbial kick me sign on your back every day of your life and people treat you as such maybe <laughs> you need to start acting like you're not a fucking schmuck you know maybe you're not a fucking victim maybe it isn't everyone's treating you like shit it's that you're projecting that like i'm a piece of shit take advantage of me you know be a number one if you know one o'clock if that's what you are assert yourself let people know that you're not someone to be trifled with that you're not somebody to you're not a, a you know a welcome mat to be stepped on you're someone to be reckoned with you know if you're gonna be that if you want to be that person act as though you are that person 
Yeah. And let me jump in really quick because you touched on being the one o'clock. And again, I wanted to, I started talking about this earlier and I sort of just got sidetracked, but there's this misconception that, um, first of all, the clock is an end all. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's it's very much open interpretation. That was Dr. LeVay's interpretation, and, and mm -hmm. it was his structure. But even if you take that as truth, which is fine, mm -hmm. um, the physical connotation and the emotional or psychological connotations don't always match up like that. Mm -hmm. So because you're one o'clock does not mean automatically you're completely in control and you're dominant. And, and though that is suggested via the clock, there's a lot that comes down to individual genetics, um, development of the human brain that has nothing to do with a standard formatted thing. So you cannot look at anything, whether it's the um, uh, the FDA's food pyramid or a, a, a suggested uh, pharmaceutical company's um, drug and expect the exact same outcome per the definitions underneath. Mm -hmm. And you certainly can't do that to LeVay's um, uh, personality clock. Right. If you're a Satanist, you have to accept the fact that you're not like most, you know, and mm -hmm. that everything that applies to everyone is not necessarily going to apply to you. You know, you are your own person. You have to start acting like you are this individual that you, you know, present yourself to the world to be. Absolutely. So, I mean, as far as the bullying goes, and he did mention that, you know, he's getting bullied by, um, first and foremost, in his scholastic years, the teachers and the students bullied. Um, in his professional career, his uh, co-workers, his peers, in his um, uh, personal career when he's the owner of the company, the customers, there, ha there cannot be any more tells than that. And it may right. suck to hear it, and it may hurt your feelings, but you have to be able to be honest with yourself. This may be something, as Aaron has already said, that you're doing. Mm -hmm. And you may be a handsome man, and you may be physically well-built, but there is something inside of your head, and there is something inside of your, your, your emotional past that is telling everyone around you that mm -hmm. it is okay to take advantage of me, so please continue to take advantage of me. It sucks. But if everyone around you is doing the exact same thing to you, it's not them that's the problem. Here, here. That is exactly my point. If everyone's treating you like a fucking doormat, it's not them. Seriously. <laughs> it's not, yeah. And, and some people like that. And, and this may be challenging for you to understand, but some people, they thrive on that. Mm -hmm. um, as, as far as... Uh, I mean, sexually, some people really thrive on being treated poorly. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I'm not going to sort of jump to any conclusions that that's what you're into as an individual. But, you know, sometimes we put off these signals because we want people to treat us this way. And sometimes it's because we just don't know any better. In this case, I'm going to make the assumption that you don't know any better. But now we are because we don't know you. We, we, yeah. we don't have personal experience with you. From what you have told us. We are saying you need to do some work on yourself. There's in nothing... your heart, Go ahead. you know we're right. Yeah, and, <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. Everyone has to work on themselves forever. That's what life is. It's a continual evolution of, of understanding and, and defining who you are and discovery of who you are. So there's nothing wrong with it. But mm -hmm. you have to understand, and, and certainly for the sake of your children, if you don't want to be stepped on, then you need to stop letting people step on you. Now, I mean, you, there are a few things that you had mentioned in this, in this uh, correspondence that I do want to sort of bring up. Um, 
coworkers ribbing on you uh, and talking shit. Um, welcome to reality. That's what <laughs> we do as people. We we make fun of people, each mm-hmm. other, and it's not always a negative. We're not trying to hurt your feelings, and especially if it's in a work environment. Now, sometimes, yes, it is meant to hurt your feelings and maybe to kick your ass, but if there's no physical threat of violence, then they're just ribbing on you, and you have to be able to take a joke, even if it's against mm-hmm. yourself. I mean, you have to be able to find the humor in any situation, self-deprecating included. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, th- that's ba- th- this whole show is me just making fun of myself <laughs> at some level. So, and it's me <laughs> making fun of Adam. So. Or it's Aaron making fun. <laughs> Thank you very much, my dear. Yes. You have to be able to laugh at yourself, even if it hurts your feelings, because really... People hurting your feelings is only possible if you allow them to. That's I only I only insult down. people that I care about. Yeah. You it, know, it, if people are taking the time to say anything about you, then they're thinking about you. You know, it's sort of an, a compliment in disguise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And again, there are ways of reacting to it. If you don't want to laugh along with it, that's fine. But you don't have to immediately take it into the opposite of being, I want to kick your ass over it. Mm-hmm. Like, you are giving them a reaction mm-hmm. and that's why they continue to do it so exactly. you can either diffuse the situation through laughter or through i don't know making fun of them back and not taking it personally or you can take the professional road and just not work with them anymore or try to get on a different shift or different work schedule or in your case you started your own business which is fantastic and that's a perfect segue into what i want to talk about next you're talking about customers always expecting more and uh even though your estimates are very spelled out and and literal about cost and uh, work, they demand more out of you. Welcome to retail. (laughs) (laughs) This, no matter what level of business you're in, if you are working for someone else, meaning they're paying for you to do something, they will always demand that you do more. Always. And when it comes to customers paying your bills, There's that old saying, the customer is always right. You may not like it or it may cost you more, but maybe you inflate your prices a little bit in order to compensate for that. You don't have to do the bare bones honest estimate and get screwed every time you do a job. Now, I know that sounds um, deceitful, but if it's the only way that you can be honest with customers, well, that's one way. Also, you could be honest with them. Here's something as a consumer I always appreciate. I was I was getting bids for my sprinkler system in my yard, and I had a number of people come by, give me their honest opinions, and um, what what I appreciated most were the people that said, "This is the minimum that I could actually charge you. According to the market, it's going to be expensive, but I'm going to give you the best product," and I always go with that person because their references verify that yes they do an amazing job they may be a little more expensive but we appreciate that any and a good tell is whether or not they have a lot of business so if you have a lot of customers that's the first step that means you're doing a good job and then you can demand higher prices you don't always have to be the base bare minimum cost your talent has a tangible value in business. I mean, you keep saying in your correspondence that you're doing an amazing job and that you're you you know, you're only uh, hired because of that amazing job that you do. Well, charge for it. 
And and here's a bottom line. My my mom is an amazing artist, but she never sells anything. And she asked me why I can sell things and she can't. And this is my answer. Because I demand that my work is worth X. If If I'm going to charge someone for doing work, I'm going to charge them what I think it's worth, not what the minimum possible is for that work. So if you're going to paint a painting, for example, and you think it's only worth 20 bucks, so you charge that, well, people are not going to think that that's a good painting. It may be the most amazing painting, but it's only 20 bucks. I, that's throwaway cash. I'm not going to buy a piece of shit. <laughs> so if you if you want to be seen as of worth, you have to price your jobs accordingly. They have to be of a, a, a level of income. Now, that may sound counterintuitive, and I'm not saying to go overboard, but objectively, you can price up your job based on the quality of work you're doing. And the okay. market will tell you if you're wrong. So you don't have to suck up to customers. You don't have to eat shit if they are not paying their bills or if they do not want to compensate you for your work. But the bottom line is you're enabling them. You're letting them get away with it. And so you are the problem, not them. Again, you have to look at yourself, man. I don't want to shit on you. And I know you didn't write this in here to be shit on. But this is what we're seeing based on what you sent in. And this is what you have to take to heart. Um, and then again, um, this idea that um, you had mentioned that, you know, as a Satanist, you're responsible and, and you're willing to pay for advice because um, you believe you should pay for something of worth. Uh, oh, this is a freebie here, buddy. I don't want your money, but... I do. <laughs> send all checks to Aaron at paymenow.com. Um, <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> uh, if you are at the poverty level, don't pay for anything that you can get for free. Buy right. clothes for your children. <laughs> Focus on your kids. If you're willing to pay me for uh, advice, Adam. I truly appreciate it. Pay Adam of all people. <laughs> I really? appreciate this it. Guy? <laughs> but I want you to spend it on your children. Don't offer to pay for things unless someone asks you to pay for them. I mean, that's just like a worldview 101. <laughs> like, if I said I cannot answer your email unless you you know, drop me a hundred spot. Well, one, if you're willing to Red do that, flag. that's awesome. Red flag. <laughs> but, but secondly, I just don't, don't offer it. I mean, I, I'm, I'm here for the audience. I'm here to do something that's entertaining and fun. And I hope you understand that and, and take it for, you know, face value. Don't spit, go buy your, you know, if, if you're going to pay me for this advice, you're probably not going to because it's negative, but if you're going to pay me for this advice, how about you take that money and take your kids out to, for some ice cream there. That's my payment. Make your kids happy for a day. If you can rent a movie or if you can take them to a movie, all the better. Get them out. Show them some fun. That's my payment. And Chelsea the bottom Girl 19 yeah. at <laughs> yahoo.com is where I take my PayPal donations. Okay. What were you saying? <laughs> well, I mean, and that, that's pretty much I think I think we touched on it already. But read the Satanic Witch again if you've already read it. Mm -hmm. Read it again and take it to heart. Know take yourself personally. and others. You are causing this. You need to stop if you don't truly like it. And you if can, you like it, that's fine. But yeah. you don't. No, you obviously don't. And you can handle this. Just, you you know, you come across as really self-aware. And I think that you really want to be self-aware. But you actually need to, like, hurt your own feelings to become completely self-aware. Except the fact that you may be wrong about what you're saying about yourself. And 
Maybe that kick me sign that's on your back is self-imposed. You're mm. just sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. And I understand from the listener's point of view, if you're not this individual, then this may sound weird, but understand that we've gotten we've gotten letter and, and we've gotten correspondence and we're we're taking all of that information into account. And we rib on each other, Aaron and I. <laughs> we have a good um back and forth, but it's and we're not trying to hurt each other's feelings when we do that. We're just being friendly. And I'm telling you this as one Satanist to another. We are being honest as we can with information that we were given. And it's not everyone else. Just like we've been saying the whole time. You need to really, really evaluate yourself. And that's not to say that Satanism has all the answers or doesn't have all the answers. That has nothing to do with it. You have all the answers. You are capable of recognizing what's right and wrong in your life. Mm-hmm. You've identified what's wrong very well. And it's obviously an issue because you've written to probably the least likely person to be written to <laughs> about this problem. So take our advice, if nothing else. Take our advice. Love your family. Work hard at your job. Charge what it what you have to charge in order to live. And take jokes for what they are. They're just jokes and improve yourself, and that's all we really have to say about it. Let's go ahead and move on into the Infernal Informant. Psst. Hey, hey. Hey, come here. Psst. What? Huh? Me? Do I know you? Hey, you're a religious man, aren't you? No more than anyone else? Listen. Listen, I got a secret. It's, it's been eating me up, and I got to share it with someone. Get the fuck out of here, kid. I don't know you. No, listen, man. It's about you. It's about your life. You're about to have what, what alcoholics refer to as your moment of clarity. What are you talking about? Okay, son. Sins are indisposable to every society organized on an ecclesiastical basis. They are only reliable weapons of power. The priest lives upon sins. It's it's necessary to him that there be sinning. Who the fuck are you, kid? I'm your infernal informant. I welcome to Infernal Format. This is from the Chicago Tribune, and it's uh, actually filtered through by Reuters uh, by Brandon O'Brien. May 19, a 21-year-old university student who was taken hostage in her apartment and then shot to death during a police standoff with an armed robber in New York's Long Island was killed by a bullet fired from an officer's gun, investigators said on Sunday. Andrea Ribello was shot in the head on Friday by one of eight rounds fired at Dalton's Smith, who that was actually was singular, not plural. Who had the woman in a headlock with a nine millimeter gun pointed at her head at the time? Uh, Nassau City Police Department spokesman James Imperial said Smith, 30, was struck by seven bullets and died in the apartment in Uniondale, about a half a mile, 800 meters. But that is weird that, that I throw the, the meters in there. Who's like, reading this? Were European readers like I don't understand what a half a mile do is. The math yourself. Oh, they did the meters. Okay. Whew. Totally understand. I get what you're saying now. Oh, that close. Okay. <laughs> From Hofstra University. Rebella, who was studying uh, public relations of Hofstra, was taken to a nearly... <laughs> nearly <laughs> I've hostile. had a couple um, beers by now. By I now. have, and I'm completely sober, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> Nearby hospital where she later died. We're laughing, and I just read that. <laughs> Schmucks. Investigators determined that Smith, who had an uh, extensive criminal history and had been released from prison earlier this year, did not fire his gun during the incident. Uh, Nassau, Nassau? Nassau. 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 Like the bomb, it's Nassau. Nassau. 
It's not Japanese at all. Oh, really? It's no, it's like Bahamian. That's all. Bohemian? No, like the Bahamas. Bahamian. That's all. Bahamas. Come on. I've never heard of it as Bahamian before. Bahamian. Like a religion or something. They traveled to Terrytown, New York on Saturday to inform Rebellious Parents. Okay, so this is really all I wanted to get to. Yeah, you know, collateral damage and shit, right? So is that how you take it? Um, I mean, if we can, <laughs> the way you say that makes serious. me feel like I should have a different answer, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, what is Samuel Jackson like negotiating this whole thing? <laughs> like, sometimes people get shot what in the head, does right? What does this hostage look like? <laughs> yeah, um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit bothered that we have police officers that can't aim. This is the NYPD we're talking about, right? New right. York, Long Island, that's still New York, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it's like in Utah, okay. but in New York City, there's a lot of motherfuckers trying to kill a lot of other motherfuckers. Right? Okay. <laughs> sometimes people sometimes innocent people get shot in the head. That's <laughs> all I'm saying. I can't believe you're laughing. <laughs> I am not laughing. <laughs> you're a horrible human being. I am a horrible <laughs> human being, Adam. <laughs> no, this I and and here's the thing. Wait, what you're is, you're mad about this? Is that well, what are the repercussions? Okay, all right, go ahead. No, I'm asking. What what do you think the repercussions are going to be? Who gives a shit? It's the fucking. It's New York City. People get shot all the time. So so quantity defines. Um, oh no 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 status quo like like it's 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 okay no i mean it's always a tragedy right when anyone gets shot in the head when they're in a headlock from a hostage taker right it's just it's strange right i mean no it's not it's totally not that strange okay okay so as i understand it from tv which is always accurate you're um, wrong any hostage situation should not come to firing unless the hostage taker starts it in this case does it say dude, started it? <laughs> it it said that the um uh perpetrator didn't fire a bullet at all oh. not one what if he appeared to be firing a bullet he said, boom and they're <laughs> like dang, motherfuckers <laughs> what if he said that is that just called well here's the problem is that because because we're jaded because our oh, system whoa, whoa, whoa. is so What's shitty we stuff i am Naive as a, a wet lily. You sound pretty jaded to me. Okay. Well, just, I mean, just your, your, <laughs> your, your definition of, well, it's New York and this, you know, it's collateral damage. That says, well, it, it happens so much. Maybe that so. Why should we care? Because we're jaded. Okay. Because we expect something like this. Does it what? mean that it's okay? Does it mean that, that we shouldn't hold people accountable? That Don't we shouldn't demand like... something better? I don't know. Well, who are we to get upset about this? Isn't this like a NYPD thing? Um, like when they take care of it? Yeah. The, well, do you I have mean, time really? in your day, Adam, to give a shit about every fucking innocent person that's shot in the head? No. I, and, don't. I mean, to be fair, I'm not. I'm not feigning outrage for this this hostage that was killed. It, it's more of broader context. The idea that we don't hold our police force that at one time was meant to protect and serve accountable for what has become um, 
military police actions. Do you we, understand what New York City looked like 50 years ago? <laughs> Do you understand the, what New York, the NYPD yeah, has to deal with on a regular basis? Do you many people live in that teeny tiny little space of Earth? So is that justification to do a yes. poor job? Yes. Yes. Right. I'm going to have to disagree we with you on that. Eventually disagree on this. <laughs> Maybe yeah. we should have talked about this before. No, we not at all. Air, I, think, but... I think it's better this way. Um, <laughs> we, because we can get you know sort of both sides of this argument here. I demand if I'm going to be paying your salary, I demand you not kill people that don't need to be killed. I demand that if you do kill people that don't need to be killed, that you in fact are tried for murder. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what you did. You murdered someone yeah, yeah, because yeah, of your yeah. incompetence. Yeah, yeah. I think, and this, I mean, no, let, let's drop the whole police context. If you're bad at your job, get to be fired from the job. If you do something criminal in your job then you should be prosecuted but our police force is actually protected because of this and and are we really getting the benefit from this that we should be getting we're getting chicken shit tickets all the time i i made a left hand turn at an intersection and i went to the middle lane and i got a 105 dollar ticket for it was it a one way street or two way no. It was <laughs> I drive into oncoming traffic for fun. No, it was a it was a regular, irregular. You can't turn left on a red. What are you doing? No, it was a perfectly normal turn. But I went into the middle, and it was illegal because you're supposed to go into the far left lane if you're turning left. Yeah, did you learn anything in driver's ed? I did. I actually did. Um, did you learn I ignored to turn it because the left of all of humanity the ignoring it, and I had to pay 105 dollars for it. When you learned your lesson, I imagine. You are killing me right now. <laughs> oh, the voice of reason. Killing always so disliked. Is that what it is for you? It's just like, I am oh, always I the voice of reason. It. And that's why everyone I went in the middle lane, up. so I was owed. I owed that. It's $105 you... to turn into the middle lane. Yes. I pay that normally. So. Rules are rules. Holy shit. <laughs> but anyway, shooting people in the head is what we're really talking about. Was she 21? But it's that broader context. So my my infraction was tiny. Got a shitty, tiny um, uh, fee for it. She sure. paid her life. Hey, she didn't ask to be taken as hostage. She just happened to be in the wrong place, wrong time. Am I right? Okay, we well, can chalk it up to, to chaos, but does that mean that uh, officers hey, who are for... obviously poor in judgment fire on a dude oh. who actually never oh. opened fire, oh. breaking... <laughs> Maybe they were taking preemptive strikes. That's true. That's a very George Bush thing to say. Thank preemptive. you. <laughs> hey, she. Uh, what was she? Twenty-one. Come on. She lived in New York City. She was gonna die soon anyway. <laughs> okay. Well, in in uh, your argument's defense, he did say over and over again. He had her in a headlock. I'm going to kill her. I'm going to kill her. And so he, he used her as a human shield. And they ended up trying to kill him, I'm hoping, and ended up killing her. <laughs> so. They were uh, trying to kill her. Happy conclusion. The uh, perpetrator was detained. One human casualty. And I oh, don't think that that's a big deal in and of itself. It is more the broader context I was bringing up. But apparently it's falling on deaf ears because <laughs> I don't care. I am such an asshole. <laughs> yeah, like this whole thing. Don't you have a barbecue to get to? I do, actually. <laughs> I have a hard out, and you're fucking with my schedule. Mm -hmm. 
Let's go on. Anyway. Nice. All right. Well, that was the first one. So the second one, Vegas teen dies. This is Can awesome. I read this one? Yeah. Rather than give iPad to thieves in SUV, and this is from the Daily News, take it away. Vegas teen dies rather than give iPad to thieves in SUV. Marcus Vincente Arenas, 15, was the victim of, quote, apple picking. The practice. <laughs> That's horrible. This is the thing, man. It's the practice of swiping iPhones, iPods, and iPads. Two Las Vegas men were arrested Sunday and are charged with murder, police say. Marcus was dragged to his death when he wouldn't let go of his eye. Can you imagine? Just like, no, motherfucker, this is mine. What kind of grip does this dude have? Like a To be able to grip. hold on. A kung fu grip. Okay, a 15-year-old boy who refused to let go of his Apple iPad was dragged along a Las Vegas street. What? Great press for Apple. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> Apple, right? Our shit is so good. You will die to be <laughs> you without will be it. be dragged to your death to keep this. Uh, potential thieves during an SUV ran him over, police said. <laughs> On Sunday, Metro Police in Las Vegas announced two arrests in the crime. The suspects, <coughs> excuse me, mm-hmm. identified as Jacob Dismott, 18, and Michael Samuel Solid? You. Is that right? 21? Solid. Solid. Both of Las Vegas face charges of open murder. Is that a thing? Open murder? Is I'm that, not sure what that like even means. the antithesis of closed murder? Does okay. that mean open as in like other people saw it? I guess so. Open murder, robbery, and conspiracy to commit robbery. The teen was identified as Marcos Vincente Arenas, 15. Nice. Las Vegas. He was a freshman at Bonanza High School. That has context and relevance. With the Clark County School. Oh boy. (laughs) What's that word? District and announced it. District? Is that a word? District and uh, they just wanted to put announcement inside of district. (laughs) Okay. Whatever. Las Vegas doing your thing. That's cool. According to authorities, the boy was walking along the main street, Charleston Boulevard, on Thursday afternoon, and a male suspect opened the passenger door of an SUV, possibly, get this, a Ford Explorer or Expedition. Very good models. And walked over to the youth and grabbed the iPad he was holding. Why were you holding an iPad on a fucking street? This is editor's. No. So it's <laughs> okay. The suspect pulled the boy back to the vehicle, then drove off with both the men and the teen holding on to the tablet. Oh, hold on, I want to imagine this really quick if I can. Please so do. The, they, they, they see the kid with his iPad on the street, and they're they like, Stop, bugger. we got to get that fucking iPad. You need that fab. Uh, my chick really wants to fucking get a nutrition app and she needs an iPad for it so I'm going to go run and grab this really quick. I'll be right back. Okay. He's like, alright dude, hurry up man. We got to go, you know, check out those bitches and hoes. And this is what they say. So <laughs> he I jumps out of the SUV the Ford either Explorer. Explorer or Expedition. Thank you. Interchangeable. He, I'm going to say he saunters over the dude with a nice strut. I think he fucking like um, like uh, what's what's the word for when they like pound their chest and they're like, "What's up, dude?" 
he's doing that. He's like aping, you know, like the posturing sort of like what's up, son? I I see your iPad. It's pretty dope. I'm gonna take that, yo. So he reaches out, grabs it, yanks it, expecting the dude to be intimidated and let go. Motherfucker, don't let go. No, he's like, oh no. And then the SUV takes off. It, I'm it in the middle cellars. of an Angry Birds game. How dare you? He's got a high score to beat. You understand? <laughs> <laughs> and he hold, okay. Here's the here's what I don't get. So that what he pulls don't you him get? This, this makes iPad. perfect sense to me. But what don't he, you get, Adam? How does he close the door? It's like if they're matter. both holding on the iPad, he he pulls himself, gets in the car. Maybe the you know he's got the sleeves stuck I in mean, there. That's just not even safe. Can you let me finish the story? Maybe it'll Sorry. make sense. Sorry. Okay. The SUV accelerates. The boy fell and was struck by it. I guess the SUV, not the iPad. I okay. Don't... So he wasn't actually dragged. No, he was struck by it. A mom. Oh, a memorial. <laughs> Men... I don't know. Was he run over? I don't get it. Did I ever tell you about the time I saw a kid get hit by a school bus? That's Have way better than this story. ADD medication today. <laughs> look, look, look. I was t- like 13, right? No, I'm just kidding. But yeah. <laughs> but I did right. see a kid, a kid get struck by a bus. But anyway. That's, that's not what we're talking about. We're Is talking that about the iPad. You are I would never let go of my iPhone. <laughs> Do you know how many fucking pictures of my boobs are on my iPhone? Wait, what? I'd rather die than let the world see me. Like, really? No. Not Here's really. what I don't get. If I had <laughs> if I had attractive breasts, I'd be sharing them. I'd be With like, who? look at this. The whole world? Look at it this. It looks like a slut, dude. You have to. Uh, it's fucking society. Who cares? About it? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. So to this That's kid's credit, it. he was probably given this by his parents and threatened with life. Never to get, you know, never to lose it, never to drop it, whatever. Uh, dude, even he if he bought himself. What's he that? had pictures of his penis on there. That's the only reason. You think? Yeah. Again, I share mine with everyone. Yeah. Not everyone's like you, Adam. That's true. Um, it's amazing to me that... Okay, so we do live in a sort of society that's been trained after 9-11 to just let things happen. If And you're instructed by any job. If someone comes in to rob, just let it happen and then alert the police afterward. Insurance takes care of everything. Don't, you know, your life is not worth getting involved. Uh, we're, we're sort of drilled down with this. Uh, this kid said, no, 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 I'm not letting you take my shit, which is and admirable. he paid the ultimate price. <laughs> right, but there is a point where you're like, um, I either am going to be pulled along by this SUV or let go and then actually allow the app of finding my iPhone to work and let police find it. What? I I feel like you're arguing for the whole, like the letting, the holding on? Yeah. No, I'm no. arguing against the holding on. I'm oh, saying okay. that if he would have just let go, they could have found the fucking iPad anyway yeah, yeah, with yeah. an app that's built into every fucking iPad. You got to turn it on, but yeah, it's there. <laughs> right, and and if he didn't turn it on, it's his own damn fault, and he doesn't deserve it. But the idea that you would hold your tits, on... right? What? <laughs> I mean, who hasn't seen pictures of your tits, right? Exactly. It's not worth dying for. But it, I mean, would that be something that you would? Would that's that be a so deal breaker for you? You would hold on for dear yeah. life? Absolutely not. <laughs> right, I, and I can't imagine any rational human being would. And so I I hate to think of this kid as a victim because there was a point. 
when he could have very much been just a normal human being and said, well, this is $400 that I will either retrieve later or whatever. And I admire the fight. I do. But when it costs you your life, there is no point. No point at all. You can earn $400 in a week, my dude. Yeah. <laughs> ridiculous. Just fucking ridiculous. Maybe instinct set in, you know. My dad was carjacked before he died. He had this, uh, he went into the gas station. He lived in Florida. I don't know why I'm telling you this. Uh, he went into the gas station to pay his bill and he came out and two kids were trying to steal his car. And it was just sort of that, like, instinctual, like, visceral reaction, like, that's my shit you're trying to take. There ain't no fucking way I'm going to let you take my shit. And he, you know, my dad at the time was 70-something, and he was fighting these teenage black kids. Like, that's my shit. You're not taking my shit. I think that sort of, t that instinct takes over. Like, that's mine. You can't have that. <laughs> I do absolutely understand the fight or flight and mm -hmm. adrenaline response. Um, I... I am not of the mind uh, that says that that's the end all. Mm -hmm. I think that your rational mind can still interact with mm -hmm. reaction. Yep. And if you're being dragged and about to be pulled under an SUV, I do not think that it's so fast you can't make that decision. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. And I, I mean, I in this case, it sucks, but I think that kid deserved it. I don't think an iPad is worth your life. And I think uh, it's ridiculous that this is what killed the dude. Uh, it's shitty that there's people that steal your shit, but that's reality, and we have to understand that. I, it, it's fuck how we kid. react to it. Fuck that guy. Was it? I said, fuck that guy. <laughs> he deserved to die. <laughs> uh, it's it's rough to hear, but I I do. I think love he being did. the voice of reason to your rants, Adam. No, I, I'm because fuck with that you. kid. He deserved it. Yeah. I hope he was run over by both sets of tires. Again, horrible human being. <laughs> All right, and next up, let's uh, rock without me, of course, because somebody right. said I suck at co-hosting our segment uh, down at the crossroads. And then she, here's the biggest insult. Here's the worst of it. I I love blues music. I know mm -hmm. nothing about it. I don't so either, So she reaches though. out to someone. Oh, bullshit. No, I don't know anything about she it. She reaches out to someone who knows everything, almost as much as she does about blues music. Oh, please. Come and on. fucking... Has him replace me. The worst case scenario, I like this dude. I like him so much that I actually like had him in one of my projects. We're going to be putting out songs together. It's like she fucked my best friend. <laughs> and I, I did, have to by the way, it to you. Best friend, so the sex tape of Down at the Crossroads is up next. <sighs> Red Skrull, this is Bald Eagle calling. Are you there, over? Uh, Red Skrull here, old boy. Uh, how are you doing? I'm okay. I just drank a whole liter of water. Ah, are you on a bit of a health here, boy? Well, yes, I've been chain-smoking all day. <laughs> I'm now up to about 70. But oh. it's good for you, don't you know? Well, old boy, I'm, I'm going to head back to base in a bit after shooting these jerry bleeders and, and uh, listen to the wireless. Uh, any suggestions? Ah, uh, well, you could try Radio 1. I mean, no, no, um, you could try uh, Deep Six Radio. Oh, where can you hear that? I don't know. I've heard it spiffing, though. Ah, it's, I do believe it's on the RadioFreeSatan.com. Radio Free Satan? Radio Free Satan? You say? I do say. Deep Six, you say? Yes, that's right, sir. Ah, spiffing. Let's go kill some Jerry's. Ah, let's shoot these buggers down for blighty. Chin-chin. 
Join me, David Ingram. They warned me Satan would be attractive. Along with my co-host. Me, the Impossible D. As we give metal bands a colossal commentary of constructive criticism. Alliteration! And throw in some witty banter for good measure. I think we're talking about jism. Uh, Thanks for that, mate. <sighs> I don't want anything blowing sideways. Find us on metalbreakfastradio.com. This is Rabbin the Old Bishop. DarkSentinel.dk. Bugger the Gobblers. And RadioFreeSatan.com. Hard to resist it with so foamy. I'll knock it off or I'll give you a slap. Uh, I like Domination a lot. There you will. Sure you want to stay out in this blackout? Sure is dark tonight. Thank you for the ride, sir. I think I'll be fine. See yourself. What are you doing out here? Oh. I'm headed down to the crossroads. <laughs> Wait, Miss. You can't be. You're the. You're the devil. devil. But you're. You're beautiful. beautiful. Just sign here. Oh my god. All right. <laughs> Welcome to <laughs> Down to the Crossroads. I'm joined by Darren Deaside. How are you, Darren? I'm doing fantastic. Good to hear. Um, so this is a special episode of Down to the Crossroads because I realized that um, Adam is like an anchor, just dragging me down with him along the seafloor. So uh, instead of Adam, I've replaced him with Darren. How are you? You said it's good? Tough, okay. Tough shoes to fill. Tough shoes oh, to fill. Oh, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> Oh, I just meant because his feet smell, but yeah. Oh, oh, I don't know why you know that. Why do you know don't, that? Don't ask. It's a long story. I did ask, but you don't have to answer, I guess. All right, so welcome. It's nice to have a guest. I've never, I if I sound like I'm stammering, it's because I didn't know I was going to be like hosting this whole shindig. So, um, and I'm kind of mentally retarded, but it's uh, what we're going to do is. Do you want to play your... What we're going to do is really special. We're going to have Darren play us. This is a first time ever on Down to the Crossroads live performance. And I'm really excited about it. And what's the song you're going to play for us? I'm going to play a song called Dance of the Demon Rag. Are you ready to play Save. that now? I think we should play it. And then we're going to kind of do talk about some songs that maybe are um, yeah, related to your song. Sure. Sure, sure. Uh, I'm going to oh, grab my guitar here. I got a, a 1930 Stella that I'm going to be playing this song. Oh, my. True to form. Does it have a name? Yeah, Stella. Stella. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, sometimes they name themselves and and they get interesting names, but I, I didn't get creative with this one. She already Stella's, had Stella. It's a great name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Stella. All right, so... <laughs> Here we go. I'm going to take my headphones off here. And I'm going to be quiet as a church mouse. This is Dance of the Demon Rag. Mm-hmm. 
guitars are kind of quirky and weird and <laughs> no i think they, we got it yeah there's a lot of i love it i really love that song that's great um i there's a lot of dissonance in there that i really appreciate cool yeah. i hope that those were good notes and, and not yeah you know, just the weird ones <laughs> <laughs> all of them were good no weird thank you thank you <laughs> when did you write I, that song 
That's a song that those were bits and pieces that I had of a song that I'd been working on for a long time. And sometimes in the songwriting process, you just get to a place with certain parts where you're not really sure where to go with them. And you just Frankenstein them together. And it, it originally was a different song. I just never was quite happy with. And then one day I just said, you know, screw lyrics. Why am I even I'm shoving a square peg in a circle hole. I should just go ahead and let it be what it is. And expand on the kind of Piedmonty rag sort of thing nice. that it that it's yeah. started as. Absolutely, yeah, that's it's definitely how I would describe it as a Piedmonty style. <laughs> Your little Frankenstein's Piedmont monster. Piedmonster. Alright. I'm done with that. Sorry. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I can't help myself. But anyway, <laughs> um that's great. So do you play that how often do you play out? Life. Well, I haven't played in a while because I got injured this winter. Oh, that's and right. And I've been a little bit out of the picture, but I'm going to be coming back July 7th in New York City. Everyone mark your calendar. Yeah, where are you going to be? I'm going to be playing a comeback show at the Delancey. Oh, how awesome. I might have to come up for that. You should. That would be wonderful. I'll buy you a drink. All right. It's a date. <laughs> It's a right. date. Don't tell Josh. It's a date. <laughs> no, you'll find out. It's fine. It's fine. Um, so let's talk about music. Um, <laughs> yes. So, you, yeah, you mentioned the Piedmont style, and that's sort of, you know, people, which I usually talk about Delta Blues, because uh, that's kind of my first love. But I do like the Piedmont style as well, and that's more, you know, finger-picking style, and there's a lot of syncopation, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely a ragtime crossover of sorts. Yeah, yeah. Do you prefer that kind of blues? The ragtime almost? Uh, I, I, I wouldn't say I prefer it, uh, There's, but it, there are definitely some artists in that realm of the blues that are just so compelling oh, yeah. and so amazing at playing. Such um, as? A Blind Blake is definitely an artist that has blown me away a lot, and... Um, He's, he's so strange too because we know so little about him. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, the, the recordings he's from Florida, that he right? I don't think that we know exactly where he's from. Oh, he's so mysterious. Yeah, I know that people think that his name is Arthur Blake, and mm -hmm. uh, he was he often references Georgia in his songs, so there's a good chance he's from Georgia, spent a lot of time there. Yeah, I th I heard. You know, I think I read, I remember reading somewhere that he was from Florida, but there's that panhandle that's pretty much southern Georgia, that panhandle of Florida. So maybe he's that, is that the Piedmont region? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know, yeah, that's, what is the Piedmont region, really? <laughs> it's it's kind of like. Who's to say, right? Yeah, it's, you know, sometimes <laughs> I think in the process of trying to categorize things, people come up with things that don't necessarily make sense, like like the Bentonian style. It's like, who's the Bentonian style outside of Skip James, you know? Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's a good point, yeah. <laughs> so it's funny, so you mentioned uh, Blind Blake, well, your song reminded me of a Blind Blake song, and I actually, that's one of the songs we want to talk about, but uh, you had a, picked out a song you wanted to play. Do you want to go ahead with yours first? Sure, why not? Um, okay, tell me a little I, about what you picked and why. Uh, I picked, to, to illustrate a little bit of the Piedmont style, uh, Blind Willie McTell. Very good choice. His song, Dying Crap Shooters Blues, which I Another. just think 
is a bit of a masterpiece. Um, a bit of one, yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's uh, this this song is is one that I, I don't know if you've ever heard the last sessions that mm-hmm. uh, Blind Willie McTell did. This the story is that Blind Willie McTell was at a point where uh, you know the blues had already waned in in mm-hmm. terms of uh, its initial thrust in like the twenties and thirties and. By the fifties, I think he was around, just playing streets again and getting quarters yeah. from people. Yeah, you hear uh, that story a lot. Yeah, and he died before that big revival, so he never mm-hmm. got the chance to to get the glory of Sunhouse yeah. or yeah, like in the sixties when the hippies found the blues and decided you know made the like uh, you know Howlin' Wolf and like yeah like Skip James like their little pet. Where they just trotted him, yeah. trotted them around, you know, Europe and stuff, and made big stars out of them. He did, yeah. He definitely missed that, unfortunately. But he's not forgotten. That's for absolutely sure. Yeah, yeah. So the last sessions, he, uh, yeah, he's definitely not forgotten because the White Stripes mm-hmm. did Southern Can. Oh my God! If anyone, w- let's. Hey, do you want to start the song and then we'll we'll talk about it while we're listening to it? Sure. Yeah, it is one of those songs that's like very storytelling, though. So yeah. It's a- so, it's got great uh, lyrics. All right, let's hit that play. Yeah. Go. So he introduces it with a little bit of talking. But my, what I was going to say is, as soon as you know, he starts singing, if anyone ever wondered where Jack White got his vocal stylings from, it's absolutely straight out of Blind Willie McTell's mouth. If you listen, if you close your eyes, you can almost see Jack White singing this. Mm-hmm. He gave me this request. Then he wanted me to play this over his grave. That I did. See, I had to steal music from everywhere. So, yeah, Blind Willie McTell was really influential. Um, Bob Dylan had that song called Blind Willie McTell, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The Allman Brothers did the Statesboro Blues, too. Yeah, that's right. The lyrics to this are just great, aren't they? I always talk about... Yeah. In, in the last sessions that I was just talking about... He, you really get to get a sense of Blind Willie McTell, the person, because it, they're pretty much unedited. Oh, great, and, uh, and in those uh, sessions, supposedly he was lured to do them by the shop owner uh, because the shop owner offered him some whiskey. So <laughs> he went ahead and just did them, and in the sessions... It's unedited, and you just hear him talking, and he tells the story behind this, which I don't think is based on anything true. I think he's just a storyteller, and he talks about a friend that he was next to on his dying bed, and and that was the inspiration for this song. <laughs> That's great, yeah. Everything he wanted to get. So what about this song makes it ragtime? I mean, would you categorize it as that? Piedmont, raggy kind of sound? Uh, yeah, it's, I, I think so it, this, it's definitively so. Um, I think that it, the, you know, the upstrom up on the downbeat, like the syncopation, you think mostly that makes it ragtime? Yeah, ragtime is definitely a rhythm. And I think that's that a, a big distinction between the, this Piedmont style and the rest of the Delta is this is that influence that is coming from the jazz ragtime tradition that you can find in New Orleans. Um, it's just another instance of where jazz and blues converge, which sometimes they do. And sometimes, yeah. 
that, that, that convergence is really interesting to me. Do you think it's ragtime that sort of is the um, the peg in the middle of everything of the jazz scenes, or is it just sort of a spectrum? Yeah, I think I think a lot of these traditions are are on a spectrum. I think ragtime does stand on its own as a style. I would like to, for the record, tell the whole world that ragtime is some of my least favorite music. <laughs> I really can't stand it. Yeah, I really don't like that tweedly, like that really high with the, um, I, know, I sound ridiculous right now, and that's why I, I, I always do every episode. Yeah, the crossroads, I sound like a lunatic. But yeah, you know, the, um, I don't know what it is about it. It's maybe too happy for me. Ragtime, like straight ragtime. Mm. Hey, but I can't. I understand. But you know, you, even objectively, though, you gotta be able to look at some of those rag guys and, and just be like, wow, they are amazing players. Oh, absolutely. And it's not just, you know, it's not like sort of the technical, I mean, there's certainly that, but it's that, um, uh, sense of the rhythm involved in ragtime, I can appreciate, even if I am not enjoying it at the time. I can appreciate what it is, but that sort of syncopation that it's pretty um, standard for ragtime, I love it. it I, something about it really appeals to me, but in ragtime with the clarinets like up in the air, you know, like the, I don't know, I don't know what it is. It's too happy, I think. <laughs> I know. I'm all alone in this theory most of the time, but it's, it's funny too because I, I'm I'm a swing dancer and uh, and, and teach swing and uh, there's there's sort of an interesting tension there also in swing because uh, Dixie swing and ragtime has is sort of one end of the swing spectrum and then on the other end we have the New York Harlem uh, fans yeah <laughs> it's funny because there's there's a similar uh, distinction in swing that. You, sure. you often find people on the in the swing spectrum who are just like, oh, that raggish stuff, I can't stand it. That's me. <laughs> I used to do some swing dancing, and I much, much prefer, like, the big band, like Glenn Miller, I'm, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Andrew's Sisters by Mir Shane. That's one of the, my favorite songs to dance to. But, mm -hmm. I, yeah, the ragtime stuff just, I don't know, it's too much. It's overwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> it seems to me that the only thing really that's, makes Piedmont Piedmont mm -hmm. is the rhythm yeah because even in that song I mean I mean we just talked over the whole thing so people should that's how we do it here on down to the crossroads yeah <laughs> they, they know what to expect there Trust <laughs> they're me. down to the crossroads we talked over this <laughs> <laughs> uh but but um the the if you listen to that song it's all in the pentatonic scale it's all blues right. based it's that yeah. it's all minor and and very dark sounding but but it's that rhythm, that raggish rhythm yeah. that makes it different. And the Piedmont, they started finger-picking much more than the Delta guys did, right? Yeah, but, you know, even Robert Johnson was a, oh, quite yeah. a finger-picker. And, and he, you know, he, I think a lot of people say that his style, what made it different than a lot of the people who were before him, is he was doing guitar playing as if he was playing a piano. And yeah. I think... The yeah. same thing could be said about Blind Blake. The way Absolutely. he plays is it's it's so much going on, so intricate and so quick. It really has the rhythm of stride piano. Yeah, yeah. He's known as the man with the famous piano sounding guitar. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah. one of his monikers. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The 
famous piano sounding guitar. I'm doing the air quotes as I say that. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a, you know, that he's very well known for that, you know. Um hey, speaking of which, let's play the song that I picked out. All so right. the song I chose is Blind Blake and it's called Depression's Gone from Me Blues and I'm going to hit play right now. And this is a variation on uh might recognize the melody as being sitting on top of the world mm -hmm. that was done by about you know 20 other blues musicians and bob dylan i think actually bob dylan was the first version of the song that i heard the sitting on top of the world he did this whole album called uh good as i've been to you i think and he did this song and i think that was the first time i ever heard it and then i went and... mm, the first time i heard it was probably come on in my kitchen yeah yeah <laughs> there's that <laughs> Yeah. But but it's originally a Mississippi Chic song, if I'm That's correct. That's right. Yep. Yes. Yep. And uh, yeah, this is this is a great version of the, that standard yeah, style. Yeah, it's the same, you know, same theory basically. Like, I can get a woman quick as you can get a man. You're like, go ahead, bitch. Walk out the door. I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. I ain't I'm sitting on top of the world. Isn't that funny how like blues blues men? It, I, I forgot who said it, but somebody said the blues is either it's either a good man feeling bad or a bad man feeling good. <laughs> oh, <that's great. laughs> yeah, and it's so funny. That but that's it, very good. Yeah. It, it's funny to me how it, like in one moment it could be you know this really emotive visceral thing where it's like you're really at your bottom and you're you're yeah. just letting it all out. But then it could be this song, where it's just yeah. like, yeah, yeah, bitch, I moved on. Double sip, <laughs> door, suck it. A picture of this happening, but yeah. So this is Blind Blake. He's uh, man. Let's just listen for one second. <laughs> so, but you know that that term, that phrase, depression is gone for me. It's basically the same thing as sitting on top of the world. It's you know I don't have a care in the world. Do whatever you want. I don't. Doesn't affect yeah. me. Yeah. Come on in my kitchen went in a totally different direction. <laughs> yeah, it sure did, didn't it? <laughs> so this was uh, 1932, I guess, and you can kind of hear the progression. You know, this is definitely raggy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, you know, as far as, like, what Blind Blake does, I mean, it's a beautiful song, don't get me wrong. Uh, his, this is very simple guitar playing compared to a lot of other stuff, but... Yeah. When he, when he gets cranking, man, he is a beast on guitar. Yeah, no, I know. I kind of wish I'd picked a better song that, you know, that sort of fo um, focused on his guitar playing, because uh, he is just a phenomenal guitar player yeah yeah could have yeah didn't play beavers and boners you should have played that one <laughs> that's an inside joke at this point but... uh, sorry sorry folks <laughs> eventually maybe but yeah he you know he's got this swinging sort of sophisticated style of guitar it was really and then his voice you know uh was very warm and relaxed and it was mm -hmm. it's a lot different than the country blues were you know it's kind of refined but relaxed whereas the you know delta blues that i uh, usually focus on was just sort of raw like raw nerves everywhere and this is very um you know refined almost yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. He's he's definitely uh, he's he's a very slick virtuoso. Um, Where do but, you but think? It, 
Mm-hmm. Go ahead. At the at the same time, you know, he's like the too tight rag. I mean, he's a dirty man too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, double entendres everywhere on that one. <laughs> it's my favorite one. Oh, I love that song. I, I mean, yeah, it's 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 brilliantly dirty. Yeah, yeah. People don't realize how dirty the blues were. That you know, they think like Little Kim invented talking about her pussy all the time. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, is is another term. I I find them somewhat interchangeable, but a lot of people also call the Piedmont style hokum. Yeah, uh, and hokum is from from what I understand broader than just Piedmont. Even though some people just say hokum and throw the word around, because yeah. hokum also is is a way to describe that kind of dirty innuendo yeah. minstrelly yeah. form. Absolutely, yeah, that's a really great point. Yeah. But I've heard I've heard him get called hokum, and I'm like, oh, okay, I I'll guess. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> gotta call him that. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> call what you want. Yeah. It's Blind Blake. He's really a class of his own, and that's that's. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's true of a lot of the bluesmen. They're all very much a class I'm, of their own. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought uh, Blind Willie McTell to the show because I think I might have played him before, but that song that you picked was phenomenal. That's a great song. I, I definitely encourage people to go look it up. And both Blind Blake and Blind Willie McTell are phenomenal artists that they should spend some mm-hmm. time with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and Blind uh, Blind Willie McTell had a, a wife, I believe, who was a blues artist too. I think it was Kate McTell. Okay. Yeah. Um. But I don't know if I cannot find any recordings of her for the life of me. I don't think she did anything without him. I don't think it's... I think it was one of those things like, she's here. She can sing. Go ahead. Oh, okay. (laughs) But I don't know. (laughs) Of course, I'm sure someone will correct me if I'm wrong. But I don't... Yeah, I don't know much about her um, besides her connection to, you know, Blind Willie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I think... Yeah, I think we covered it all. Did you? Uh, was there anything I missed? Anything you want? Any last words? Uh, no. Uh, you know the song I played. Um, mm-hmm. Wow, that was that was actually the first time I've I've performed in a while. So that. Well, that you sounded like, great. I couldn't tell. Oh, okay, that's great. <laughs> uh, you know, as an artist, you're always your absolute worst critic, and and that was an interest. That was kind of like jumping on a bike again after having not ridden one for so long. Sure, you're um, a little wobbly, but no, I couldn't tell at all, actually. Cool, yeah. Well, that song and two others I'm going to be doing on a set of videos that are going to be coming out that I'm doing. Uh, they're going to be live performance videos in Harsimus Cemetery in Jersey City. Yeah, that's a great little thing. Tell us about that a little bit. Yeah, um, I, have, I live in Jersey City, which is pretty much... Uh, the the sixth borough of New York City. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a it's a great town. I love living here. Um, and there's a huge cemetery here in the city that has a lot of Revolutionary War heroes buried there, and um, a lot of just strange strange people. There's uh, I forgot his name, but uh, Robbins Frank Robbins is mm-hmm. a was a circus leader. And he's buried there also. And but but the the cemetery has been under the pressure of development from uh-huh. outside forces because of uh, the gentrification uh, that that's just an unending tide coming out of Manhattan. Yeah, uh, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and this the cemetery has managed to just hang in there, 
and is uh, one of the few green spaces in this area, believe it or not. And uh, I'm have the privilege of of them opening up the gates. I'm going to be doing uh, three songs. I'm going to be doing Dance of the Demon Rag, uh, Hudson River Hangover, and um, Devil Woman Blues, which is uh, my own uh, take on um, on uh, Devil Got My Woman. Traditional. Excellent. Yeah, that's a great song. I've heard that. Yeah, so so it's cool. gonna be. Uh, it, I'm really excited. Filming starts next weekend. Yay! Awesome. So where do people find you if they want to look you up online and all that jazz? DarrenDiaside.com. Yay! Is definitely the place. All right. Well, thank you so much for playing for me. That was fantastic, and thanks for bringing some <laughs> new and exciting, you know, energy. I don't want to talk shit about Adam because it's his show and stuff, but you were <laughs> pretty good. I might I say. On par with Adam, so thanks for showing ah, up. Ah, nice. <laughs> I hope he's not listening to this. But... Oh, I don't think he is. I think he tunes out most of what I say, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to take over, Adam. Just a new man in town. Suck no, it. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't so thanks that. again, Darren. It was really great of you to show up, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Great. Thank you so much, Aaron. It was a good time. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay, so that was down at the crossroads. Fan, I actually really did enjoy it. So it's like a sex tape that I liked watching, which is okay every sex tape. Um, okay, but I did notice that Erin, you didn't mention where people can find you. Oh, you know the usual places: Facebook, know, do they? Twitter, Chelsea Girl, Chelsea Girl nineteen at Twitter and stuff and whatnot. dot com. <laughs> All right, so she has a Facebook page that's horribly insultingly popular down to the crossroads and uh, on twitter chelsea girl 19 has already mentioned aaron this has been a very uh, amazing experience for me i really enjoyed i love doing this <laughs> uh, we're gonna have to do it again of course and i'm expecting great things from next month mm, don't keep your hopes too high <laughs> All right. Well, that is going to do it for another show. I hope you, the audience, enjoyed it. Even gentlemen who sent me the letter, I hope you enjoyed it. I would love to hear from you. Visit the website 9centspodcast.com and send your correspondence to info at 9centspodcast.com. Let me know of any suggestions, critiques, corrections, or general comments you might have. And if you want me to speak to something, I'm going to give you honest reactions. <laughs> and if Aaron's on, honest <laughs> reactions, uh, send your emails to info at ninecentspodcast.com you can visit the Satanet Facebook Google Plus Twitter even my space page for nine cents Hi. yeah that's right and get updated <laughs> on weekly topics listen to the show at radiofreesatan.com or download the show Monday nights via my RSS feed found at ninecentspodcast.com we're also on Last.fm Stitcher Spotify and YouTube so look for us there you can subscribe Jesus are you done yet? no I okay. have more you can subscribe to Nine Cents via iTunes by searching Nine Cents, and don't forget to leave a rating and or comment. Now, here's something. No, what? Quickly, I know you're you're like already <laughs> out the door. I know. Hold on. Um, Go on. I need your ratings and comments. If you want Nine Cents to be successful, and I do. Holy shit! I just heard beeping. My house is on fire. Mm -mm. Um, I need you to tell a friend. I need you to tell a friend. I need just you to donate one. a couple dollars to Radio Free Satan, whatever you can spare. I need you to tell someone about the show, and I need you to give me a rating and a comment. That's going to push us above all those shitty pseudo-Satanist podcasts that are out there, of which Fuck there are more. those 
guys. Seriously, I hope they have an iPad and they get it stolen and they don't let it go and we get and I hope over. They get crushed underneath tires. Or held hostage in Long Island. And shot in the head. What in the head. If you'd like to learn more about the Church of Satan, visit churchofsatan.com. And if you'd like to hear other fine satanic voices, music, or personalities, visit radiofreesatan.com, the source for online satanic media. Once again, thank you for joining me. And as always, I'm your host, Adam Campbell, being joined by... Hail Satan. Tell them Aaron sent you. That was... Yeah. <laughs> You're cute. Oh, come on. That was cute, right? <laughs> that, that was good. Tell them Adam sent you to you. Tell them the girls sent you the twins. <laughs> I love you guys.